lives and what you can do about it. So tune in every Friday at 9 o'clock a.m. right here on WPFW 89.3, your jazz and justice station. No social justice issue or movement can escape the spotlight of the Latino Media Collective. The Latino Media Collective delivers consequential coverage from the biggest countries in South America to the smallest enclaves of Central America and the Caribbean and is available on SoundCloud, iTunes Podcast, and Google Play Music. The Latino Media Collective is recorded in WPFW Studios and airs Fridays at 1 p.m. on WPFW Washington. I'm Kamaya. I'm Amira. I'm Kaya. I'm Kamaya. And you're listening to WPFW Washington. Another man done gone. Another man done gone. From the county farm. Another man done gone. Huh? I don't know. What? I'm just going to walk the street. Take your mouth. Oh, no. The jury of your peers having found you guilty. Ten years. What? Come on. Come on. I was in jail too, man. It's cold-blooded in the jail. You go down there looking for justice. That's what you find. Just us. Welcome to another edition of Crossroads Today. Now here's your host, Roach Brown. Good morning, good morning, and thank you for tuning in on well, the show is going to be excellent. We want to thank you for tuning in. And as usual, this is WPFW 89.3 FM on your radio dial. WPFW is heard around the world. To all our good friends who have been listening to us for 15 years, we've built up quite an audience. I want to thank you for supporting Martina on Crossroads. For 15 years, we've been bringing you information, news, and today will be something that will not forget. It should be a Black History Month historical piece about the role and history and accomplishments that returnees have made in corrections, out of corrections, in society, and how they have benefited and supported most of us, even in spite of what they have, what they went through. So, but before we start, we'll open up what we call. The grapevine, information that you can use. Grapevine. Hey, hey, hey. Propose Louis eliminate parole up most convicted in the future. In Louisiana, a state that routinely has one of the highest incarceration rates in the country, lawmakers are considering a bill that would eliminate the chance of parole for nearly all prisoners convicted after August 1st of this year. Man, and this ain't rolling back the clock. The legislation is one piece of the GOP-dominated legislature's conservative list of bills that are being discussed during a special session in an effort to tamp down the violent crime in the state. The tough-on-crime policies, which Democrats argue, do not address the root of the issues, could overhaul parts of the Louisiana's criminal justice system and public safety sector. Among the proposals is a bill that would effectively eliminate parole for those convicted after August 1st, with few exceptions, including groups for whom it is constitutionally required, such as those who were sentenced to life term as juveniles. Opponents argue that the legislation wouldn't be effective in deterring crime, would cost the state millions as they continue to house inmates who could be paroled and would create an atmosphere of hopelessness. Justice Department says D.C. police response may violate rights of mentally ill. The D.C. government may be violating federal disability law by sending police rather than trained mental health responders to deal with 911 calls for psychiatric emergencies. Relying on a less effective, potentially harmful response may, de- may deprive people with mental health dis- disabilities of an equal op- opportunity to benefit from a critical public service. 
People with mental health disabilities must have an equal opportunity to benefit from a city's emergency response system. The intervention puts the federal government, which handles prosecutions in D.C., in the middle of a long-running local and national effort to deal more effectively with psychiatric emergencies, particularly as the homeless population grows. California prison deaths from drug overdoses surged in 2023. California's program of offering naloxone to all department prisoners has and does save lives, an attorney said. Without this treatment, the number of overdoses we believe will be far higher. At least 59 prisoners died of overdoses last year, according to the health news analysis of death in custody. Data that the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation is required to report under a new state law. That's more than double the number who died of overdoses in each of 2020, 23, and 21. Prison officials will not provide the number of overdose deaths in 2022, saying they are still being analyzed for a report to be released, to be released later this year. <clears throat> and here's one. The Mayor's Office of Homeless Services in Baltimore on Wednesday announced a deal to acquire two Baltimore hotels to house homeless residents. The Mayor's Office of Homeless said funds from the American Rescue Plan will be used to purchase the sleep-in suites on North Street and a Holiday Inn. The purchase is part of the city's response to the nationwide housing crisis and the rise in homelessness. We can learn from Baltimore and D.C. because we got a homeless problem and a returning citizen problem. Look, people don't have a place to stay. This is something that the mayor can look. We can take over the office buildings downtown or apartment buildings. People need a place to sleep. And lastly, Fox and Rob, tomorrow, Wednesday, February the 28th, from 4 to 7 p.m. at Howard University, Newmont, Newmont Adams Building. That's 508 W Street, Northwest, room one. Zero zero eight. Come out and listen. Join us for a Black History Month film festival at Howard University. Celebrate Black History through film. Engage in a panel discussion with the authors and creators of the book in film time. They were our guests last week on the show, Rob Fox and Rob Richardson, and their story is unbelievable. So please, tomorrow night, Wednesday, from four to seven, five hundred eight W Street at the Howard University Newmar Adams Building. Come by for an evening that you will not forget and will inspire them. Their love story should be an Academy Award within itself. What they went through and going through and still going through, and they're smiling and they're yelling, and they raised six kids. She oh. did while the boy, while the husband was in prison during 21 years, mm. and she raised all six of them. And two of them are doctors. Mm. One is working on Captain, and none of the sons have been arrested. So people, mm. their story is one that needs to be highlighted and shared all around the world. The movie is called Time, and it's on uh, Netflix. You can download it. So if you're not doing nothing tomorrow night from 4 to 7, come out to Howard University, 508 Devon Street, for a story that a took you your NRs, whatever, whatever your NRs mean. I heard, I heard that, too. I heard it. Dinner is included. Dinner is included. Our topic this morning is Black History Month, returnees who made history. Did, did you, you know? Did, did you, you know, know that? that? Yeah, and that's a weak uh, echo. So we're going to start off with our good friend of ours. Joining me is Tyrone Parker, <laughs> former executive director of the Lives of Concerned Men. Also on the phone, calling in from Florida, is a good friend of ours named Pete Jackson. And Pete and I go back. I ain't gonna say that, Pete. I don't want to put your age out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Pete, not Pete, now we're. Back in the sixties, and he has accomplished something that very few people are aware of. This man was an inmate with me down at the Lord Youth Center, and years later he got to be the warden, the deputy warden of an institution. So now I don't know of any case in the past twenty twenty five years where an inmate from prison came out and got to be the warden at the same prison that he was in. We're going to talk about Pete, and he's on the phone right now. But we're going to talk about these kind of stories. That has made history. This is Black, black History Month. History. This is Black History Month. Really? We're, black history. And we're talking about yeah. black history from the perspective of the returning citizens and the accomplishments that they've made. And joining us is Tyrone Parker and Pete. But before I get to Tyrone, let's get our guest. Good morning, Pete Jackson. 
Morning there. Uh, Merry Christmas, uh, Mr. Roach Brown. And thank you a lot for joining us, Pete. Man, uh, what you've done and accomplished, folks need to know about it. It should have been continued. It should have been other guys who came out. They got to be wardens and directors of correctional systems. You've accomplished something that folks would never, ever conceive that could happen. And Pete was born and raised in Washington, D.C. He grew up in D.C. He's been involved in all kinds of programs with the Lives of Concerned Men and other programs. And, man, I just take my hat off of you, Mr. Pete Jackson. And Tyrone, go ahead, Ty. Pete, this is just extraordinary. For us to lead in our, our black history for returning citizens, to, they, to for you to help to lead it off. But I also wrote what you just said, Time, the movie yeah. that's being produced and that individuals can see. Yeah. It's also a drumbeat yeah. of the richness of black history. Yeah. So, Pete, you got it to do what you do, the history that you made. How did you say that you came from an inmate to a warden? How do you, how do you accomplish that, Pete Jackson? Through perseverance and uh, good people, man, and a, and a God that uh, looks down and see all people in different situations, and um, he gives favor to whom he chooses. So he's called by many names, but I just got to praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, there was times I was saying a lot. Uh, because I used to belong to the nation of Islam, but there's there's a, there's a progress of growing uh, when you don't have a father in the home. And uh, my my whole thing is that fathers got to step up. And uh, the group that uh, Rocha you you've done uh, Tyrone and I uh, have belonged to. We, we, we talk about father situations and, and, and most of the, uh, the problems that we see is that these young men have anger in them that stems from not being loved by a man. They got a woman that loves them. There's no question about it. My mother loved me, but when I got 16, you know, I'm rocking and bopping, you know what I mean? I got the streets in me, and uh, it's nothing she could tell me, you know. And uh, sometimes if uh, another man would try to intervene, I wouldn't accept him either. So, man, I just thank God for looking out for me and having people in the correct positions, even though there was much discrimination. I have to tell y'all the truth there, as I told Tyrone. Yeah. Tyrone, these people are discriminating against me in here, but they want me to quit the Department of Correction, but I'm not going to quit. I'm going to stay here and make them mad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Till they promote me. Yeah. So, you man, know, I, I'm ecstatic. I'm, 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 I'm so happy to see you, Roach. And Mertine and uh, and Tyrone Parker, that's a part of my past. And I, I just, uh, all I can do, man, is many people say I was supposed to be dead before I was 18, but here I am at 78 years old talking to my friends who grew up in Washington, D.C. And if I could offer any advice, it's to stand and, and never give up. Tell us some of those stories, how the inmates accept you. How did your co-workers accept you? What, what, what was the challenges that you had to go through from being an uh, a ex-offender, a convict, a jailbird? And Tell us about and that. And then you got to be the warden. I know you caught a lot of hell. Tell us some man, of what you went through. I had, man, no one would speak up for me. No one, I had, they were having meetings about me when they, I was going up the line of the chain of command and I, I had, I don't want to call this particular person who recommended me for warden and he came back and he, he said, Pete, I want to tell you something, man. He said, uh, the director of the Department of Correction, the whole meeting was about you being an ex-offender, being a deputy warden. And you know I recommended you to warden, Mr. Jackson, but I couldn't defend you. Um, and I, if I called his name, you would know it. And I say, well, sir, 
You mean to tell me none of my colleagues who I've worked in all these different programs, halfway houses, uh, 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 the, the several different halfway houses, the one that you would even call a jail, maximum security, uh, deputy warden for uh, 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 for programs up at the D.C. jail, all these different places that everybody know me, none of them that was in the meeting would speak up for P. Jackson. Man, they were scared to death. They never said anything. And the person <laughs> said they was going to get rid of you. And uh, that's why I ended up retiring a little earlier than I wanted to because uh, I didn't want to keep on acting as a uh, as a as a um, what you call as a warden and not get the position because the person took my urine and they said, Mr. Jackson, you're the only person that they took. They, they what you doing over here, Mr. Jackson? You're a deputy warden. Somebody taking your urine. Don't have nobody been in here but you. So yeah, you but you gotta persevere, persevere. A friend of mine told me, they say, Pete, just keep moving. Don't pay that no mind. They trying to block you, but God got you. And I just yeah. kept on moving. There you go. That's right. Yeah, there you go. That's right, Pete. And so God had me. And, and a lot of uh, the programs that we, we try to teach the young men, we, we try to tell them, look, we start in a circle with a prayer. The line, he said, well, if you notice, the alliance, all of the alliance men who've been through alcoholism, drug addiction, we start in a circle and we pray. We want you to know that there's something higher than man. And you young men got to get acquainted with that because the alliance came up and been a terrorist when y'all threatened to kill all of us. We had said our prayer and we came up and been a terrorist and y'all had Uzis and everything. And the thing was, we were talking about who was going to grab the Uzi because y'all ain't running us out of nowhere. And we end up hugging and loving on them young men and they would... And we got accepted, and that's the end of the story. But uh, a real champion that was a part of that was Rico Rush. Y'all all know him. And I just want to thank y'all for the opportunity to, to say what I had to say and just put it all out there. You got to be willing to suffer. We want, to, we want to thank you, Pete, because you've yes. accomplished something that hasn't been accomplished since you accomplished it. And it's been over 20, 25 years ago to be an inmate in the facility, and you come out years later to be the warden or the deputy warden at the same institution of the Department of Corrections that you were housed in. And we, we, we would be down in the 60s at the Lord and Youth Center. And when I heard that you got to be warden, man, it made my hair stand up. I said, boy, this guy's climbing and moving. You've done something that nobody else has done in the last 25 years. I thought when you got promoted to be the deputy warden at the institution that we were in, that this would happen all over the country. Would you believe, Pete, has nobody else been promoted that we know of who's been an inmate to the warden of a facility? Nobody. And if you know somebody, you can give us a call and correct us. I stand to be corrected. We don't have all the answers. But with this man accomplished, and we're going to talk about a few other gentlemen, uh, folks in this city who've made fantastic accomplishments and achievements while on parole, probation, or in the prison, and their, their accomplishments have benefited this society totally. So I want to go ahead. Thank you, Pete. Uh, we thank you, man, for all the done and and not only did you become the deputy warden, but you brought it with you to the outside of the community to help individuals with their thought, with the spirit that you had uh, became the deputy warden. You utilized it, Pete, and you continue to. So thank you as our lead pertaining to our black history. Thank you. Thank you for that invitation. I'm with two of the greatest men in the world and men in the world. Uh, mentors, people I love, people I grew up with, who are giants and uh, are really uh, stand up for righteousness and for the goodness of mankind. So I thank uh, Roche Brown, Tyrone Parker, who have been an example.
You can't do it by yourself. You got to have other people like these two champions who've been still in the vineyard, still going forward, and there's nothing slowing them down. So I praise God for y'all too. And uh and the one and, and and the information that you give out and the love, which is L-O-V-E, is the most important thing. And you're not a punk if you love. Is that right, Mr. Rochi Brown? Thank you. Thanks Pete. a lot, Peter. And I'll see you when the count clear, brother. And I'll be talking <laughs> to you. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Pete. Now we'll go to yes, the sir. Next. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ty. Okay, okay. Thank you. There, there's been a couple more historic, a lot of historical things in Washington, D.C. There are two guys who Marion Burr had done a whole lot for in, in terms of advancing the rights of returning citizens and those people incarcerated. Marion passed a law, a resolution in September, that September the 10th is National Returning Citizens Day. September the 10th, that resolution is on the bill. He also appointed not one, but two men to the D.C. Board of Parole, Donald Streeter, who was a returning citizen, and Marcelino Cruz, a young man from uh, Cuba. He committed suicide a few years later. But Marin Burr appointed two returning citizens to the D.C. Board of Parole, and no other parole, but just one recently in Virginia. Kimball uh, Smith has been appointed to the Virginia Board of Parole, and she was like, pardoned by President, I think, uh, Clinton. We had 20, she had 20 some years. So these kind of accomplishments are ones we need to recognize, to share with you. A lot of folks are not even aware that D.C. has been leading in the forefront in making historical, monumental, legal changes to improve the situation for returning citizens. Go ahead, Dan. And from that spirit, we bring about Charles Thornton, who led the movement to change the name from ex-offenders, jailbirds, convicts, to a national accepted term, a returning citizen. Not only did he do that, but he also produced a movie, uh, Returning Citizen, that's being played on Netflix and other national media components. We had Calvin Hawkins over in Prince George's County, who is a councilman over there, the champion in Prince George's County, that's making a difference. Calvin Woodman, who became the chief of staff for Jim Graham, in regards to the District of Columbia City Council. Our numbers go on and on and on in regards to those individuals that have made strong contributions. That's right. This kind of information we need to pass because a lot of times folks think ain't nothing happening. It's not happening as fast as we would like for it to happen. But you can bet your bottom dollar that we got enough people who have done so much stuff in this vicinity. Also, I just want to say that uh, uh, back in the day in Lorton, Lorton had a tremendous history of entertainment. I don't know if you knew this, but Frank Sinatra came to Lorton and performed. He flew a helicopter down to the prison. And joining him was Ella Fitzgerald and Duke Ellington. And every year, Father Brightfellow, who was the Catholic father down in Lorton, would contact all the entertainers when they came to Washington. So when you went to Lorton, you had an opportunity to see some first-class professional act. Also, every year, the Harlem Globetrotters would come down to Lawton and perform for free for the inmates inside, especially at the youth center. Uh, and one of the things was that uh, Abe Saberstein, who was the owner of the uh, Harlem Globetrotters, with uh, uh, what his name, Goose Tatum, uh, Marcus Haynes, and them guys were playing. And Abe Saberstein said why the players were striking. The Harlem Globetrotters were striking. Because they played a team composed of all white guys, and every night the Harlem Globetrotters won. But yet the losing team got paid more money than the stars of the team because Abe Saberstein, the owner of the Harlem Globetrotters at that time, said that black people did not need as much money to live on as white people. How asinine can that be? I mean, and this, uh, in spite of these kind of things, these guys came down, Dion Warwick came down. Uh, Anybody that you want to see, usually during that time in the 60s and 70s when you got locked up in Lawton, you didn't miss cultural events or activities. You saw them firsthand. They came down to the prison and visited us inside the prison and performed. I want to say this is our opportunity to say thank you to all them people who came out of their way to perform for the prisoners at Lawton. And on top of that, we had two guys come out of Lawton time 
that made waves all around the world in entertainment. One of them is Petey Green. Mm -hmm. Petey Green came on and turned the prison upside down at a radio talk show, was nominated for two, three Emmys, and he was quite a guy. And, and, we, and right beside Petey, we had another musical giant, Chuck Brown. He got a park, movie, Grammy. Yeah. I mean, he was nominated for all kinds of stuff. So being down and out don't mean that you're out of the game. You just delayed for a while. So Peter Green, Chuck Brown, these are some of these well-known returning citizens who made a substantial contribution to Washington, D.C. And this is Black History Month. And don't forget that lady, Dr. Carmen Johnson. Yes, yes. His time convicted wrongly, but she survived, and she's still standing on the truth when it came to real estate mortgages for our people in Prince George's County, Maryland. Also, let's, not, uh, let's talk about LaShonda Thomas, L, who became the first program manager for Public Safety Initiative Cure the Streets, working in the U.S. Attorney's Office to make a significant difference for public safety. After serving 18 years. After serving 18 years. Then Eric Weaver, who basically created an organization, NICE, that basically composed a returning citizen that makes a major difference in regards to public safety, doing, doing, doing all types of cure programs, doing from school to, to home programs, public safety programs that have really made a difference. And let me not miss, as you speak about entertainment and the content of Amelie Farrakhan, who has composed one of the largest cookouts on public safety on the East Coast every year. Our contributions to public safety and community building has been extraordinary, but it's been a situation that individuals refuse to acknowledge. This is why today, this is why today we got to acknowledge Roach Brown, Crossroads, and the significance of his show and what it does in regards to educating those of us who have been left out of the equation, those who have, who have been shamed by our past, refusing to stand up and say, these are the contributions that God has given us, and this is what we have done for public safety, for the greater good of our whole community. You know, one of the things that I want to talk about about Lawton, Lawton was one of the most unusual institutions in the world, not just in America, in the world. And uh, during their 60s and 70s, they had guys coming out, going to college. Uh, UDC was called Federal City College. Uh, and believe me, for three years, over 200 men graduated from Federal City College or UDC, and they were bust from the prison to the campus, and they attended classes. Over 200 men in three years, and three of the men were uh, chosen as valedictorians to give a key speech at the graduation. What gets me is, how can you have a program so successful that yeah. over 200 men would graduate from college and they cut the program out? Why? Why? Then we got a buddy who just died a few years ago who was a giant named Eddie Ellis from New York City. We were talking about in Lawton. We was in the guys getting a high school diploma and going to college. Eddie Ellis took it to a step further. He had 21 men get PhDs That's right. in prison. That's right. He was focusing. The other guy was working on GEDs. Eddie Ellis made sure that men, 21 men, worked on getting their doctorate degrees while inside the prison. So everybody inside the prison ain't a, uh, ain't a damn fool. He got a few everywhere. They got some out here, but that ain't the thing. We're highlighting those accomplishments that men and women who've been right, written off uh, stepped crossed on, out. crossed out, stepped oh. on, ignored, disregarded, disrespected. But in spite of all that, they continue to give back to this mm -hmm. community. That's right. We, we, we got Timothy Thomas for working in the DA's office today. Amazing accomplishment. Amazing. Then we also got Eugene Brown, uh, who, 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 life story, uh, a life of a king, starring Cuba Juice, Cuba Juice. Cuba Gooden, Cuba Gooden, who basically based uh, a national story about a brother that came out of Washington, D.C. and created the concept of chess in the sense of relating it to behavior, transformation. And they, uh, they appreciated it so well until they made a life story, a life of a king. So we go back at the richness that have come out of Washington, D.C., Yango Sawyer. Uh, who, yeah. who who came along to be a part of the 
Martin Luther King Jr., Peace March, with Stuart Anderson, another previously incarcerated person that made strong contributions to the greater good of our community. The list goes on and on and on. Rodney Mitchell, who became an attorney and practicing in the District of Columbia. Roach Brown, who, who, who basically, I, I'll let Roach talk about Roach, because I'll be talking all night about Roach. I don't want to say that. I'm just glad. Presidential commentation. We have started a group, the Inner Voices, and 15 or 20 guys got released as a result of the work we did with Inner Voices. And uh, we're in the process of bringing Inner Voices back. Inner Voices was started back in the 70s during the heroin crisis. And we went to all the schools, D.C., Maryland, Virginia. We took several trips, tours. Richard Proud took us from prison. That was one of the other times that a movie star celebrity came into Lawton and asked the warden, could he take us from Lawton to the Apollo Theater? And we went to the Apollo Theater from Lawton and performed and went to Boston, Massachusetts and performed at Walpole State Prison. We had prisoners going to other prisons and performing and going all around the country and returned back to the prison without no incident. And we did over 500 performances and returned. As a result of that, President Gerald Ford commuted my life sentence on Christmas Day. And every day is Christmas. And I want to say that these are accomplishments that we've done, guys that we've been well, working with, need to be recognized and acknowledged to say that, hey, being down don't mean you're out. You can be down and still participate in what's going on. You can believe that you can make it. And what we're talking about is folks who had the, the perseverance, the resilience, uh, the stamina, the determination to say, I'm not giving up. I'm not rolling over. I can do something, and I can do something positively. So we're talking about those men and women who have been uh, involved in making sure that things are better for those who are really left behind. This is WPFW, your station for jazz and justice. WPFW. Recording stopped. And if you want to call in to join this discussion or if you got some information, I know we left out a few people. We could remember or recall all of the men and women who've made substantial contributions to our community in spite of their the baggage of being a returning citizen. So the phone number to call is 202 588 0893. 202 588 0893. We got some giants among us, folks, and these giants have been knocked down, stepped on, rubbed out, and rubbed away, but still. They still participated and contributed to Albert City. So if you want recording and hanging on, Jackson, I got Tyrone and Mertine here with me, and we're waiting on you to call in with some information or questions that we can that can uh, connect with what we're talking about. And not to mention all the famous folks who were inside and came out and did amazing things. Mayor Marion Barry, Ann Watson, that Mandela. Martin Luther King, I mean, the best been there. Yeah. You know what? One of the things Johnny, that I'm, Johnny what, Gann. What was that? Johnny Gann, who came out of the Lord and Youth Center with me, he became a world champion. Uh, Muhammad Ali came down, as Roach and Tyrone have been saying, uh, Muhammad Ali hugged me and told me he loved me and that I was going to be somebody. So that those kind of things that you never forget. And uh, uh, Johnny Camp was just one of the guys that, that were very good at boxing. And uh, we used to box with Lawton and and all the institutions. And uh, Decatur Trotter, uh, I got most valuable player uh, on the football team. And I, I was selected to go to college. I had a four-year scholarship because of the very thing that Tyrone and Rochi Brown said. We had things during that time and opportunities during that time to go to school, to have uh, jo Joseph Yeldell, who used to be the city administrator, came down, told me that he would give me a job when I come out. So there were significant opportunities from different prisons and and like singing so if you had if muhammad ali told me 
told me that I was going to be somebody and hugged me, you better believe I believed I was going to be somebody. Nope. <laughs> and that's what you mean. You know what, bro? Man, let's also, also make mention of, of the Smithsonian Institute in which you have a yes. display in. You ain't Ronald Moulton. It's displayed in the Smithsonian Institute yes. uh, Museum. Yes. And then when you look at Ronald Moulton, we've gone on to help to make go-go music. But the primary music for the District of Columbia. Yes. I mean, the richness that's occurring within our city has been profound. You know, Tyler, you mentioned the Smithsonian. Back in 70, uh, the Smithsonian Museum came down to Lawton. And they took uh, the inner voices out, and we performed at the Smithsonian Museum over in Southeast. That was in the 70s. Just a few months ago, the Smithsonian decided to revive, uh, revive that exhibit, and it's called a Utopia exhibit. And it shows how people can do nothing to make something. Mm -hmm. And they got us in the museum, and I went over, and I was scared. This is the truth, time. Mm -hmm. We walked in, and they showed me a big picture. We go in the museum, and I got, I see my big picture there. Mm -hmm. I thought it was one of the FBI pictures that I had put in there. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, you got me in it for us, because to me, museums is for dinosaurs and dead people. <laughs> you all know something I don't know, because I ain't dead and I ain't a dinosaur. What you put me in? So we got in a national exhibit on the Smithsonian Museum that's been uh, considered to be placed at the National Black Museum. <clears throat> and we've been going around the country speaking on behalf of the Smithsonian at other museums. So these kind of accomplishments, and I want to say something else to tie into that. There's a good friend of mine named Rudy... Yates. He was with he, Peter Green, uh, Reggie, Reggie, Robinson. Reggie Robinson. They had EFEC, Efforts for Ex-Convicts, was the first halfway house in the country operated, managed, and owned by returning citizens. Mm -hmm. And they did it for 32 years. Mm -hmm. And the number of people who came through EFEC when other halfway houses would not take you, we had a halfway house owned, operated, and directed by returning citizens. And I want to say to Rudy Yates, who's still living, everybody else is gone. Rudy, you saved a lot of people and turned a lot of lives around. I don't care what people say, think, or do. We all get uh, pushback. But Rudy, I hats off to you. And the city should kind of acknowledgments for Rudy Yates and Effect and what they've done. And we have a caller. We'd like to take our first caller. You're on the air. Question or comment? Good morning, Roach Brown. This is Rick calling from Germany, man. Hey, man, how you doing? Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I just want to add to your conversation. I'm, I'm overjoyed that there are so many success stories coming out of American prisons. But I also want to caution the young and the middle-aged from going into prison now. I have suffered intestinal parasite poisoning at the hands of the secret services there in America. They used German labs to develop the pill that was given to me in a DC hospital that is now closed. American prisons are on the move. They're building them to house poor people, immigrants, and political dissidents. Um, there is no more Lawton. If they send you to prison now, they hope to send you away from your family if you're poor so that you are suffering a sense of isolation. This is a, a small warning from a young man who is offering his wife a divorce, coming back to the States, and probably going to prison. Uh, beware. Don't go unless you absolutely have to, unless it's life or death. Don't thank volunteer you. to go to prison. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Rick. Man, we, we appreciate your call from you. You calling from where? Stuttgart? I'm calling you from just 15 minutes outside of Munich, Germany. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for the call. Thank you, you very much. Man, you call every month. Thank you, man. We appreciate, appreciate your compassion and your commitment, man, because... Uh, we're talking about something that you just hit on in terms of the saving lives, man, of these kids not going inside these institutions. And I just want to throw this in on the top of what Rick just said. That crime bill that the city council is entertaining is a black bill. It's black Jim Crow. We already lock up more people in Washington, D.C., and we get, get locked up for longer per period of time. 
and the money eight percent of all the kids locked up in this city are black. So these new laws to enhance penalties if you break the law near a, a, a rec center, they could got all kinds of enhancements. The police got the right now, or they suggested giving them the right to review the body cam before they write the initial report. We know that's a, that's a no no. It should be equal justice. If the cops have the right to v- review the body cam before they write the report, what about the defendant? The law says equal justice under the law. That's not equal if the police get an advantage and, and, and we don't get an advantage. But the bottom line to that is, people, we got to be more cognizant and aware of what's going on because this crime bill is targeted for our youth. This is a black Jim Crow yeah. law. And look at the laws that's in there. You go down right now. Don't take my word for it. Go down to D.C. Superior Court. Walk in the juvenile courtroom and all you see is black and brown. They wrote to, and that's why we're doing this show today, right. so that we can show the history of men and women that have come out of these prisons to try to circumvent our kids from going into the same situation right. that we're going in. When you look at this new crime bill, you're seeing who is testifying against it. You see our population down at the city council uh, testifying to circumvent this, this cruel and unusual bill of punishment, primarily for us. But at the same time, we've got to create an army to be more prevented in regards to services and commitment and install the spirit of God in there. These are the moments, Roach. Again, I say black history is who we are. So let us build on the strength of who we are and what we can and will accomplish. You know, this this is amazing. Uh, These Some of the names that we've mentioned are men who had big bits at 20, 30, life. Mm -hmm. Some was on death row or whatever. But in spite of that, they bit the bullet and came up with all kinds of There's a guy named uh, uh, Eddie Harrison who was on death row. Uh, him, Orson White, and uh, Eddie Harrison, Orson White, and I forget the other gentleman's name. And them guys got life, and they went to court, Ty, mm-hmm. with a, a lawyer who wasn't a lawyer. His uh-huh. name was L.A. Morgan, L.A. Harris, brother, Morgan or Harris. And he represented them on a first-degree murder trial. Uh-huh. When they got found guilty and sentenced to life, the lawyer came over to jail and said, hey, man, I'm going to tell you something. I'll get you a new trial. I said, how? We're on death row. He said, I'm going to get you a new trial. I said, how are you going to do that? He said, I'm not a real mother. Woo! I'm not a real lawyer. So you didn't have a, a fair constitutional trial. They went back to trial, found him guilty, gave him the electric chair all over again, and they gave the lawyer 10 years. Oh, man. For <laughs> practicing law without a license. But he got you off. He got him free. I got him. We have another call. Let me like take our second call. Okay, come on. You're on the air. Question or comment? Hello, you're there? Okay, we go to another piece. Here's something that like, very few people were in the back in the 60s. You're in the jails. You cannot. Hey, Roach, they're on. Okay, come on. You're on the air. Question or comment, please. Comment, Mr. Brown, Charles Thornton, man. I want to hey. really commend you all. Come on. on. The job hey. that you're doing. Without a question, uh, this is a comment for Mr. Brown. Hello? Hey, come on. Uh-huh. I'm here. We're listening to you. Come on, I'm here. Hey, Rose, this is Charles Thorne, man. Again, I just wanted to commend you all on the uh, okay. what you all doing today, acknowledging people. And, uh, you know, I'm having a little, um, you know, uh, you know, so many folks, man, that you all mentioned, I just want to commend you. But you all gave us a lot of hope, and I want to be able to let you know that. You, Ty, Pete Jackson, you all were our mentors. So I came behind y'all, and it's people that's coming behind me. And we just need to let them know, man, that there is hope and there is light at the end of the tunnel. So right. that's the main thing, thing, man. Let them know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Thank you, man. Thank you. And keep missing the count, would you, Charles? Yes, sir. <laughs> the best Charles is that it's been an excellent demonstration. We have come here of people like us. And there's so many of you all, man, that, that's doing the work. And we got to acknowledge the great work that you guys are doing, man, that's sustaining this whole thing. So, you know, man, hats off to you because I, I look at uh, a number of the brothers that's out there, Charlie Gant. I look at 
Sue Anderson. Yeah. I look at Wally. Yeah. I look at, and it, and it goes on, you know, to so many brothers that's constantly doing the good work. This week, this is why we got to be able to acknowledge the good work that have come from a terrible situation that God have blessed us to be able to lift it all up. Man. You know, one of the things I wanted to lay out was uh, back in the day, Religion in the jail was was very restrictive. Over the D.C. jail and Department of Corrections back in the 60s and the 70s, you could not, it was only two religions, Catholic and Baptist. If you wanted to be a Muslim, you had to uh, submit a request. It goes to the captain's office, and the lieutenant, Sabinas, I remember his name, used to come to the cell, and you had to write down that you wanted to join the Nation of Islam. They called it the Black Muslims then. Uh, as a result of that, they took you out of the population, and fed us pork twice a day. The other population, rest of the guys in the population, didn't get meat twice a day. We got pork twice a day the minute you said you were Muslim. So guys in the prison filed motions to the courts to say that we were denied Recording our stopped. We were denied our constitution right to prison. Filed motions. As one of the guys that filed was in Fullwood whose brother got to be Ike Fullwood, was the chief of police. He was the chief of police while his brother was inside of prison. And Fullwood uh, filed several motions to make sure that they recognized our right to worship any religion of your faith. And you had to go through holy hell. You didn't get a job. You didn't make parole. You got the worst spots to live in and all this kind of stuff. So we were being discriminated on top of discrimination inside. But this guy, Fullwood, Connie Wilkins, these jailhouse lawyers, Secondly, back in the day, there was a thing called solitary confinement. During that time, folk who were listening, we got bread and water. And this is the truth. For breakfast, you got two slices of bread, hard, two cups of lukewarm water, three times a day for 15 days. On the 16th day, you got a full meal. So Fullwood, Connie Wilkins, and some more of them guys back in Lawton filed gumdrops. They filed and filed. And as a result of that, they changed the diets and solitaries all over the country. Now you get a regular meal when you're in solitary, whereas before it was bread and water. So these men have been fighting, even though they've been knocked out, stepped on, and rubbed out. They still made things better for those who came behind them and part of it. So we just want to, like Tom said, we want to give thanks, acknowledgement, and appreciation to those men and women who've done a tremendous job, man, and make paving the way for all of us. Let's get these last two callers in before. Oh, give me take our last two callers. Come on, you're on the air, please. Question or comment? Rose, hey. I have a comment. This Come on is with Silver Fox. Silver Fox, I grew up in Trinidad, went to school with Tyrone Parker. You and I sat beside each other at PG College back in the day. I want to compliment you for doing everything, and I listen to your show every Tuesday. So keep doing it. And keep up with the good work. Thank, thank you. you thank brother. you. We thank take you. our next call. But I just want to, before the next call, thank I just you. want to say, I uh, give a special shout out to Calvin Hawkins. He's one of us, a returning yeah. citizen. He's on the city council over in PG County. And what this man is doing is for mommy, no, no. <laughs> he is making all kinds of uh, inroads and progress. So we got, you can get elected to an office if you got a criminal record. And Calvin is a And on top of that, Myron Burns is the only man we know who was in prison and came out and got to be mayor who, after coming out of prison. So it doesn't matter. We get the law passed in 1979 to give inmates in D.C., ex-offenders, the right to vote in all elections. Return the citizen. Return the citizen. And let's not forget Eddie Masterson oh. or, or Chip Henry. Yeah. That's over there right now with Calvin to push a four-pone. A four Public safety bill for the kids. I mean, man, this work is going on, and it's been the foundation has been returning citizens that have been a part of it. This is our moment of acknowledgement. Also, let me not forget about Rico Rush. Yeah. And when, 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 when me, Rico, we went to Morgan Morehouse College to represent Obama in regard to a youth violence conference where we spoke on youth violence and familyhood. We also went to Ukraine to represent the United States for the 50-year anniversary and the March on Washington, D.C. We also got an award from Eric Holder in regards to Naval Community and Public Safety Building. Our population has been profound, amazing, amazing. Yes. but we have allowed for it not to be highlighted. Mm -hmm. 
And but you know, a lot of Marco, Marco Brown, Jeff, Jeffrey Sled. We got so much rich history in regards to contributions in this particular uh, in the District of Columbia. Yeah. Man, Ron Moulton, uh, Erg Weaver, all these guys, man, have been working big this, and they're doing this with no money. Their commitment and passion is already there. So, folks, we got LaShonda Thompson L. She's the first initiative. She came out working with the first initiative. And she did 18 years, and her and her husband, uh, Sean, they, they got married a few years ago. He did a big bit. And here's a returning citizen couple come together, come out. They get married, and they got going to college, got their degrees, raising their family. We are participating, but we don't get the support and help that these folks need to make sure we can do more to help more people. Because we, we got a big population. What about Deborah? Deborah? Deborah Rowe. Deborah Rowe. Yeah. Outstanding sister. Yeah. Really been in there making a difference. Whole heart, spirit, and commitment. I mean, the list goes And on. don't forget Mama Joe. Mama <laughs> Joe. Mama Joe, boy, she's a mess. Janice Patterson, man, Roswell Styles. You got so many people, man. You can call anybody's name when you ask them to come. Brenda up. Jones. They come over, man. Mr. So, there you go. I mean, so, it goes on. This is good. We could take our last caller. You're on the air, please. Last caller. Question or comment? Comment. Come on with it. Yeah, Rochebound, I don't know if you remember me. My name is Shy Critton. I've been living in and out of the country. I turned on the radio, and I hear you on, and I, I remember when you came out of prison. But one thing I wanted to say is this being Black History Month, that back in the day, slavery called by another name was when they were picking us up off the street, doing little of nothing, and selling us out on the farms um, to make money for the farmers and different people. I come a, from a small town in the Boot Hill of Missouri. If you were on the streets, if you came from someplace and they picked up, the sheriff picked you up on the streets, if you didn't have $2 in your pocket, they locked you up for vagrancy. And the farmer, they, they called the farmer, and he would come, and he would hire you, not for you to be paid, but for the sheriff of the town to be paid. And it happened all over the United States, and they called it slavery by, by another name. But one thing that I wanted to mention, my good friend, Bernard Red, and I met you oh, through Bernard. Huh? I met you through Bernard Red. He yeah. worked. Yeah, that was back in the day. He worked with the federal uh, military government, and he went around the world contributing, counseling uh, military soldiers who were in different places on drug abuse. And, uh, yeah, and I, I mean, you know, we were friends up until the day he died, and I know you through him. So I just wanted to make that comment, and I just wanted to say something about slavery by another name, because these young guys that are being picked up now, you know, they have a choice of going to prison. Back in that day, we didn't have a choice. We got picked up for little or nothing, not just the men, but little girls, little boys, uh, the women. You know why? Because they needed us in the cotton fields. They needed us in the tobacco fields. They needed us to build the streets all throughout the South, and we did it for nothing. Nothing. They put us in the coal mines everywhere. We died in there. So these young guys need to know the history so that they can make a choice and That's go right. on. Thank That's you. Right. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Have a good day. Thank you, Tyrone and Eddie. Yeah, and the Madness Connection. Dignity and spirit to fashion. Entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship. They got an initiative now. To change, change the streets yeah. to the Madness Connection Corner, yeah. which is which is another which is another testimony to the great work of previously incarcerated brothers and sisters in regards to the District of Columbia. You know, one thing we didn't talk about is we did all this, all this, all these things happening in prison, but it, it started from the top. And you had a guy named Ken Hardy who was the director, the first black director of the D.C. Department of Corrections. And he went through holy hell getting that position because of the racism or discrimination. But anyway, he in, 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 in employed a policy of community corrections. He and John Bone. This is the only prison I've been in where the warden's nickname was Jesus Christ. We call the warden Jesus. And the reason why, one of the reasons, 
this guy was black. He's from Atlanta, and he was working with Martin Luther King in the Civil Rights Movement in Atlanta. When he came into the prison, he brought the Civil Rights Conduct, and the whole prison rights movement started with John Boone, Ken Hardy, Delba Jackson, and this guy, Strickland, a uh, couple more, uh, Walter Ridley. All these guys played a key role in treating All us. Right as human beings because they were black and they were from our city. Right. And that's something else. That's right. Lawton was, most of the men in Lawton or the guards or the staff came from the city. So they knew us, they grew up with us, grew up in the school, your neighborhood. So it was like a, an extended, who wasn't afraid to take a stand to give you a shot or a break. When you guys, I need to see my wife or my mother because they're sick. They home for four, five, six hours, man. That's right. You got life and you go home. Jesus, like human. That's like human beings right. and we don't have that no more. So it's still there. All right, our time is up. I want to thank uh, Pete Jackson from Prison of the Warden. We just wanted to acknowledge folks who made a contribution during Black History Month from the returning citizens perspective. And we hadn't touched on all all Thank you, my beautiful wife, Mertine, and thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next week, live, live. from Ben's from Chili Bowl. Heaven help the man who kiss the man who cries. Heaven help the man who kiss the man Celebrating 20 years, the New African Film Festival presented by AFI and Africa World Now Project brings the vibrancy of African filmmaking from all corners of the continent and across the diaspora to the DMV at the AFI Silver Theater and Cultural Center in downtown Silver Spring from March 15th to the 28th. The festival features 26 films from 16 countries, including three years premieres and discussions with filmmakers. Explore the diversity of new filmmaking from Africa at the 2024 New African Film Festival. Tickets and full schedule at afi.com forward slash silver. That's afi.com forward slash silver. Or call 301-495-6700. 301-495-6700. WPFW, building a better world, one broadcast at a time. The talk show Africa Now airs Wednesdays at 1 p.m. It's a modern view on historical issues concerning the entire African world, addressing how African people are participating in globalization, ways in which the rest of the world continues to exploit African resources, uncovering labor violations by corrupt politicians and Western government powers. Learn what's happening now in interviews with artists, activists, scholars, and a host of other experts each episode. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Africa Now is also available on iTunes Podcast, Google Play Music, as well as SoundCloud on your station for jazz and justice, WPFW, Washington. Sego, this is John Kane, and I want to invite you to join me right here on WPFW on Fridays at 2 p.m. for Let's Talk Native. I will deliver guests and commentary each week on the real-life issues facing Native people. Our shows are available as podcasts on your favorite podcast platforms and as videos on our Let's Talk Native TV YouTube channel. Find links and more at our website, www.letstalknative.com. And I'll see you here Fridays at 2 p.m. for Let's Talk Native with John Kane. This Wednesday, February 28th, WPFW celebrates 47 years of speaking truth to power, powered by the people. In celebration and commemoration of those whose shoulders this station stands on, we present Freedom Highway, a salute to SNCC, Dory Ladner, and 47 years of Jazz and Justice Radio. From 5 a.m. until midnight, we will illuminate and interrogate the work and legacy of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee and the pivotal role many SNCC members played in the creation of WPFW. We will also be honoring one of SNCC's beloved Daughters of the Movement, Dory Ladner. That's Freedom Highway, a salute to SNCC, Dory Ladner, and 47 years of Jazz and Justice Radio. This Wednesday, February 28th, 5 a.m. until midnight. WPFW, building a better world, one broadcast at a time.
Education, art, health, music, politics, and all things community. Yes!